Okay, welcome back. Lesson six, intro to correlation and regression. So let's begin with some important terminology. The response variable is the variable whose value can be explained by the value of the explanatory or predictor variable. So for example, um, can I predict my college GPA based off of my SAT score. So like SAT score would be my explanatory variable and college GPA would be my response variable. Or, you know, can I predict my blood pressure based off of my weight? Okay, something like that. So we're looking at making predictions um, in this chapter. So a scatter diagram, one of the useful devices will be looking at is a scatter diagram. It's a graph that shows the relationship between two quantitative variables measured on the same individual. Each individual in the data set is represented by a point in the scattered diagram. The explanatory variable is plotted on the x-axis and the response variable is plotted on the y-axis. So here we have a lovely table and what I've done is I've put this table in Excel and in my graphing calculator. So you can see it done using two forms of technology. Um, the data to the right are based on a study for drilling rock. Researchers want to determine whether the time it takes to drill a distance of five feet in rock increases with the depth at which the drilling begins. So X is the depth at which the drilling begins and Y is the time to drill five feet. We want to draw a scatter diagram of the data. So for starters, I'll go graphing calculator. So what I've done is, if you, let me clear that out, if you go to stat, edit, I put L1 is my x variables, L2 is my y variables, and it's as simple as second stat plot, hit enter, and then highlight the one that looks like the scatter plot, which is that one. And L1 is x, L2 is y by default, that's good and then zoom stat. You can always hit rewind if you didn't catch all of this. But now, okay, so now I have my scatter plot. I see what appears to be a strong, fairly strong, I'm going to say fairly, not super strong, but fairly strong positive association between the two variables. What does that mean? That means as x goes up, y goes up. So as x increases, y increases. So as the drilling depth increases, so too does the time it takes to drill 5 feet. So the, as the depth at which drilling begins increases, so too does the time to drill 5 feet. So what I'm getting at is if we produce a scatter plot and we see a fairly strong positive correlation, wouldn't it be great if there was some way to gauge how strong that is, right? And there is. It's called a correlation coefficient, a number that the computer would produce that would tell us, yes, this is very strong or no, this is weak, right? So let's continue with our notes. We need more notes <laughs> before we do that. Various types of relations in a scatter diagram. So what we just witnessed was um, our explanatory up against our response. We witnessed a fairly strong positive linear association. Um, this would be, so I'm going to write that strong positive and of course linear association. This is a strong negative linear association because all those points 
you know, are densely packed along a line, right? This is a definitely a strong relationship between two variables, but it is not linear. In fact, it looks quadratic, right? Not linear, this looks sort of looks cubic in a way, right? And when you just have a bunch of points sort of scattered along the plate randomly, no relation. No relation between x and y. So bear in mind we'll be looking for these types of scatter plots. And that will give us information about how our x and y are related. So two variables that are linear related are pos positively associated when above average values of one variable are associated with above average values of the other variable. And likewise below average variables of one are associated with below average variables of another. That is, two variables are positively associated if whenever the value of one variable increases, so too does the other. So I like to think of it as this. As x increases, so does y. Okay? And two variables that are negatively associated, I like to think of it as um, as one variable increases, the value of the other decreases. So you could say as x increases, y decreases. So we'll be on the lookout for negatively associated uh, relationships and positively associated relationships. Okay, the linear correlation coefficient R. This is something we're going to try to retrieve from a calculator or a computer here in a moment. Uh, the linear correlation coefficient can certainly be gotten by hand with this lovely formula. I have my students do it as extra credit. You don't need to memorize that unless you want extra credit. Um, we will retrieve this R, this correlation coefficient, from the calculator. Um, and I'll let you read through that, that's x minus the mean of the x's divided by the standard deviation of the x's, y minus the mean of the y's divided by the standard deviation of the y's, and then the product, um, and then the summation of those products, and then divided by n minus 1. Now I have an illustration of this on the next slide. Um, I want to focus more on the technology and interpreting what R is telling us. So properties of the correlation coefficient. This is correlation coefficient. This is little r, right, and what it's telling us. So the correlation coefficient will be a number in between negative 1 and 1, inclusive. Um, positive 1, there's a perfect positive linear relation between the two variables. Negative 1, there's a perfect negative relationship between the two variables, linear relationship. r close to positive 1, the stronger in the, the positive association is. And r close to negative 1, the stronger evidence of a negative association between the two variables. And r close to zero, like say you had r equals like 0.02, then little or no evidence exists of a linear relationship. So r close to zero does not imply that there's no relationship, just that there's no linear relationship, you know. There's other models out there, quadratic, cubic, quartic, right? So the linear correlation coefficient is a unitless measure of association so whether so the unit of measure for x and y plays no role in the interpretation of r the correlation coefficient is not resistant therefore an observation that does not follow the overall pattern of the data could affect the value of the linear correlation coefficient we call that an influential observation that was dramatically affecting the value of r 
Okay, so we mentioned um, different types of, of scatter plots before. This is what perfect pause would look like. This is what perfect neg would look like, right? I'll let you read through these. This is strong positive, moderate positive, and we give some samples, some samples of what R would look like. Okay, now let's revisit though. I'll let you read through that. Let's revisit the drilling data that I had put in my calculator a moment ago. And let's go ahead and have the calculator produce the correlation coefficient. Now, for grins and giggles, <laughs> I have all of the formula written out as if you were going to do it by hand. And I have the final answer here. Let's see if we can get the calculator to produce that correlation coefficient. Okay, so we have the data in. I remind you. And we're going to go stat, calc, linear regression, hit enter, hit enter. And it spits out R is 0.773. Well, how, so if we were to do it by hand, and you'll see this here in the notes, same thing, 0.773. So how do you interpret that? Well, that's a fairly strong, you might even say moderately, a positive association between the two variables. As we had guessed by looking at the scatter plot, so you remember back on the first slide, um, in fact I can do that here, remember the graph. So we said that the graph um, told us that there would be a fairly strong positive association uh, because of the trend. And now we see the numbers confirming that. Okay, so again, we retrieved little r from the calculator. You will be doing that um, on tests. Uh, you're welcome to look through how this formula is computed by hand, but as you see, that would eat a lot of time up on a timed exam. Okay, um, now let's take a look at the next slide. Okay, now use that same drilling data. We knew there was a strong association to find the least squares regression line. Now again, if you're reading through a textbook, to find the least squares regression line, they have you crunching all of these lovely coefficients. So B1 and B0, those are coefficients. They have you crunching all those lovely coefficients by hand. Again, I'm not going to make you do that. Um, I'll show you how to find this least squares regression line, which I call the trend line, um, from the calculator. So again, the same place where you calculated R, stat, calculate, linear regression. Now what I'm going to do, linear regression is like y equals mx plus b, right? So what I'm going to do is grab those coefficients right here. See y equals mx plus b, and I'm going to record that. So y equals 0.0116, let's say, I'm rounding. Um, x plus b is five, about 5.5. So that's rounded. So what I've done is I've grabbed my least squares regression line, filling in the coefficients, the a and the b, right? Filling in the coefficients. Took that. Now let's see what we can do. So we have, I'll have to rewrite it, y equals 0 0.0116, 0.0116x, plus, it made me rewrite it for some reason, plus 5.5. Okay, 
So I have found what's called the least squares regression line. I have found that. Now I have to use it to make predictions. So if the depth at which drilling begins is 135 feet, what is the predicted time to drill 5 feet based on your model? Well, 135, if drilling begins at 135 feet, you know, 135 is sort of, uh, you know, it's in between the scope here of 130 and 145. So this would be called interpolation. So 135 feet, we interpolate because 135 feet is within the domain of your original data. So your original data spans from 35 feet to 190 feet. 135 feet is within the scope of those numbers, right? Within the domain. So we call that interpolation. So to interpolate, we're simply going to plug uh, 135 in for x, since that's an x variable. So, and by the way, we, um, many textbooks, notice the hat on top of your least squares regression line. So we're going to refer to this as y hat. There's a reason for that, as we'll find out in a moment. So y hat, our prediction, y hat stands for your prediction, is 0 0.0116 times your 135 um, plus 5.5. So let's crunch that out. So 0 0.0116 times 135 is something, and then plus 5.5, about 7.066. So approximately 7.066, and that drilling time, we were, I always go back and look, what was it? It was in minutes. So about 7.066 minutes. Now here's a neat thing. We did that using plug and chug. You know, plugging it in our x value and cranking it out. Um, sorry, the pen's being fussy there. I want you to know that's 0.0116. If you're more of a techie person, you can take a technical approach to this. And I did want to show you that. Let's go back to our calculator. And let's plug in our least squares regression line. So let's plug in the 0 0.0116x plus 5.5. And this helps the visual people out there. That's called your trend line. So if when I hit graph, boy, that line better shoot right through my scatter plot like it does, right? And now, if I'm more of a techie approach, trace, if I'm making a prediction for 135, just make sure your cursor, play with your arrows, see my cursor is living along that trend line now. And now I can just key in 135. See? 7.066. That's the predicted, um, <clears throat> that is the predicted time to drill. So again, you can find this prediction on calculator as well, as we just saw. So we want to, it's good practice to, to go into y equals and take your trend line and, and confirm that that line best fits the data. That's also called the line of best fit. Uh, you know, you've got a, about an equal amount of points above and below the line. And then, like I said, you can use that trend line physically, you know, make sure your uh, cursor is living along that line and just say, gee, when my drilling depth is 135, uh, my output is 7.066. So that's my predicted time uh, to drill.
So I hope that helps. That's kind of a techie approach to the problem. Um, like I said, you can always do the algebra and certainly do the algebra by hand if you want to do, but I, I will never make you do that. Um, so lots of language there. Again, I would highlight least squares regression line. That's synonymous with an algebra that's synonymous with y equals mx plus b. Uh, but for us, we're going to call that, you know, y hat equals mx plus b. You know, that's what the calculator's giving us, is that y hat. I put my hat in a different color there. <laughs> and so it, if you're remembering, whatever comes in front of the x, by definition, is your slope. And this is your y-intercept. And sometimes we ask questions about interpreting the slope and the y-intercept. Um, I'm not going to go there, though, on, on this video. Okay, let's see. Um, I will make another video that will sort of delve a little bit more deeply into the least squares regression line um, in the next part. Good luck out there.